This is Baldy's Breakdowns, the podcast, a radio.com sports original. Welcome to the latest edition of Baldy's Breakdowns right here on radio.com. You guys can find us every Wednesday wherever you like to get your podcast, iTunes, Spotify, anywhere. Please hit us up. Rate us, review us. We want your feedback. We do this every Wednesday, talking about the latest news and notes going on around the NFL, looking a little bit at the week that just passed and using that as a portal into the week ahead. I am Jason Lockenfora. I am here with the star of the show, Brian Baldinger. You can find Baldy on Twitter at BaldyNFL. You can find me on Twitter at Jason Lockenfora. Uh, and Baldy... We find the Atlanta Falcons right now uh, as the second team to get a head start on 2021 uh, by relieving their coach and GM of their duties here in the month of October, uh, going with Raheem Morris as the interim head coach to replace Dan Quinn. Baldy, I I think this stat says it all Mm -hmm. for me. The last three years, the Atlanta Falcons, through their first five games, that's 15 games total right five and 18 five and 19 first five this year two and 13 yeah that's not gonna get done no and you know it's just the way and it's the record is the record and you can't deny any of that and the collapse against Dallas and and all that is true but it's just the way that they play I mean it's just I mean the the mental assignment errors and the breakdowns on defense are almost unforgivable like you honestly don't know why four different people have four different calls and are doing four different things. They never play together. And, and Matt Ryan, he looked horrible on Sunday. I know Julio Jones didn't play, but he did. And, and really, on a day where Todd Gurley had his best game in two years, uh, Matt Ryan did not play well. And, you know, they've got five number one draft picks, Jason, on their offensive line. I mean, I, you know, it, yeah. you, can tell, you can tell, you know, it's time to get rid of the GM and, Dimitrov has been there, you know, for good and the bad, and he took over a, a bad team and yes. built it. And, but, I mean, you 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 kind of got to give them the talent and let them do something with it. Five number one draft picks in the offensive line is a luxury in this business. I mean, the NFC East has got the worst set of offensive lines I've ever seen. They're, they're all playing backup tackles, yes. basically. And he's got five number one picks, and they can't make the offense work. Um, and with any consistency and defensively, it's just been a mess. So, I, I you know – they thought about cleaning house last year, Jason, when they were yep. one and seven after they lost to Seattle and lost at home to Pete Carroll and Dan Quinn running around like their best friends. I'm sure they are, but it was a bad look. Arthur Blank thought about making the decision there. Um, they had that second half that happens sometimes when really nobody takes you serious and you win yeah. six of your last eight. And and now it's time. And so they'll get a head start on on the I don't know what they're going to do. The GM first, the coach. I, I mean, it I, sounds a, like the GM first, Baldy. Yeah. Yeah. You get the GM first, let him pick his coach. So I'm sure, you know, they've got their recruiters out there. And Arthur is, you know, he's, he's just, I mean, I don't know how he can be patient, you know, no. to be honest with you. I mean, he puts a lot into that organization, the stadium, uh, almost unlimited scouting and budgets and all that kind of yes. stuff and facility. I mean, you just want to return on your investment. Well, Paul, do you mention the situation when you go back to last year and you look at the owners who came real close to making a move, whose whose 
heads probably told them it is time to make a move. Yeah. Their hearts or in some cases, their pocketbooks prevented them from from doing it. You know, you had the Detroit Lions send out a press release at the end of the year explaining why we thought about making a change, but we think we can go to the playoffs with these guys next year. Not okay. working out. Shad Khan and Jacksonville for the second straight year put out a press release saying we didn't meet our expectations, but I think we'll be better next year with this same group that they've been historically bad since that great week one showing. And you tend to think, you know, Doug Marone and Matt Patricia may both be gone at some point in season. And then you had the Jets who were kind of creating all these scenarios for why keeping Adam Gase still made sense. They fired their running back this week and no one's going to take that salary off their hands. They couldn't trade Le'Veon Bell. They didn't want to give him another 2.5 million in, in option money that would have been due to him. Uh, and Adam Gase, certainly that that team, Baldy, I, I don't know how you can watch him play week in and week out and think that changes. I tried. There. I, I tried last night, Jason. I really did. <laughs> uh, you know, it, you just see completely uninspired football team. And, you know, I know Greg Williams, you know, has a certain style that he likes to coach, but they, they stopped listening. And, and all you have to do is just watch the number third pick in the NFL draft, Quinn and Williams. I mean, I – I haven't seen a more uninspired player than him. I mean, his performance on Sunday was I I don't know how I don't know how you put him back out on the field. I mean, there's just the effort is just awful. And and then just offensively, I don't know what they're trying to do. And you know, Joe Flacco is a great guy. We all know Joe. I mean, he's a yes. great family man. He's, yes. But you know, it, it, it's just it, it's not working. Um it hasn't hasn't in Denver, hasn't it's not in New York. Uh it's you know, it's, it's going to be interesting this week, Chase. I'm going to be in Miami this week um, because of some COVID problems. I was supposed to do another game. but So I'm going to Miami. And I'm doing the Miami the Jets. And, you know, they have fans down there, a lot of Jet fans down there. Yes. Um, they're, they're going to hear booze for the first time this year from the Jet fans in South Florida. And it, would, it wouldn't be all that ironic that if Adam Gase, you know, just – has another performance against the Dolphin team that really showed a lot of life last week in San Francisco, takes Adam Gase apart with a rebuilt Brian Flores, you know, mm. team. And Adam Gase, you know, gets a, gets a bus ticket home after that game. I, I, I don't know yeah. what's going to happen, but if they have a poor performance, it's going to be hard for Joe Douglas to keep him on board. No, I agree completely. And, and it's, Look, if that if that move happens this week, now you're going to have a real feeding frenzy. As I mentioned, you're going to have Detroit and everybody else wanting to get in, in the mix now because why wait while these other people start doing their research and start reaching out through back channels, etc. Yeah, I, I think uh, this is this is going to become. A well, trend. I don't know. You know, the, the coaches are. You know, the search has obviously already begun in Atlanta. You know, uh, GM, coach, however yep. they do it. But if there is, I don't know really who the best candidate is going to be. None of us do. Yeah. But I mean, if we watch what Matt rule is doing and that's all coaching his staff, the way that yes. they play, if there is a Matt rule out there, I mean, you want, I don't care where he comes from college pros uh, you, you name it. I mean, you got to You got to get them in your building and you got to get them there fast. And so maybe, the sooner you cut the cord with some of these guys, maybe you can find that guy. Yeah, no, I I totally agree, and I I think the hunt is on. Um, the the most uh, troubling, uh, visceral, emotional, heartbreaking images from yeah 
the weekend came out of that Dallas Giants game and, and Dak Prescott, um, you know, weeping, biting that towel, having the players around him, having his former coach, Jason Garrett, there, mm-hmm. the outpouring of support he got on social media. He's a beloved figure in that locker room, in that community, and in the entire NFL community. Um, that it's, it's hard to see anybody go out like that. Um, but Baldy, I, 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 I don't honestly, in a weird way, I don't think it changes much of this scenario. I, I, he's going to get tagged next year. He was going to get tagged if he didn't get hurt. Yeah. They'll have till July 15th to get a long-term deal done. I suspect they get it done. And even in the short term with Andy Dalton there and that defense being so horrifically bad and that division still being there for the taking, I think they probably run it a little bit more through the running back and run it the ball period a little bit more. And they probably still win their six to eight games, which if it's the right six to eight games mm-hmm. is enough to host a playoff game. Well, the, the, the division is historically bad and it's been bad, but it's historically bad right now. Um, you, the winner may very well have a record under 500. Oh yeah. Uh, I, I think we're almost all in agreement with that. I can't see any of these teams just stacking wins nope. at any point during the season. So it is very possible that Andy Dalton could get to the playoffs, I think maybe for the sixth time. Uh, I think he's been there five yeah. times. He's yeah. for five. I, I think maybe one year he was hurt. So, I, you know, I don't want to shortchange him. But he's going to get a chance. I mean, he's a Katie Tiger, you know, right there in yeah. Houston and TCU. And, I mean, he's kind of back home. Uh, he looked good. He looked good. I mean, he made all the throws to get him, you know, to get that winning field goal there. The, the throws to, uh, to Gallup and to C.D. Lamb. I mean, they were big time throws. We've seen him make those before to A.J. Green in Cincinnati. Forever, he's he's capable. They're they're playing with backup tackles basically the whole season now. But they, you, but you said it right. I mean, I thought that uh, Ezekiel Elliott had his best game of the season. Yeah. Um. He he ran like more inspired than he has. And Tony Pollard is a, a very capable uh, number two right there. So I think that's what they're going to have to lean on. And and defensively, I don't know when they get better. They lost a yeah, the defensive yeah. tackle. Uh, Alden Smith looks unblockable. But other than that, and yeah, Jalen yeah. Smith played much better. But other than that, I, I don't see much on that defense. Well, Baldy, a few other week five results to highlight before we look ahead to week six. And we'll, we'll start with uh, a defense that – that did look pretty unbelievable, especially in the second half, especially when the game got to 24-24 yeah. uh, and then Las Vegas took over. How about those Raiders? 40-32 to over the Chiefs. Andy Reid finally catches an L for the first time in forever. Patrick Mahomes looked mortal. Uh, he looked kind of confused and, and befuddled at times. And how about Derek Carr hitting the explosion plays on offense? Well, that was a wild one. Well, I was there. I was uh, calling that game a national radio, and I, I saw the 24-24 shootout. And a couple things on that game, Henry Ruggs makes a difference. Yeah. He's their Tyreek Hill. He showed it. 72-yard touchdown bomb. Kept him, got him right back in the game. He has that – when he catches the ball in the open field, t- players just stop trying to chase him. They know they're not going to catch him. And, you know, and he's only played a couple of games. Yeah. So, but they already know that they're not going to catch him. Like, they, they've already seen his speed. They feel it. Uh, that makes a big difference. Uh, they got their, you know, mammoth right tackle, Trent Brown back. He made yes. a big difference in the running game. Uh, they got five plays in that game, Jason, of 40 yards or more. Mm-hmm. When you get an explosive in this business, every analytics will tell you, you're gonna, your, your propensity score 
uh, goes way up. They scored in every one of those drives where they got an explosive play. And then the second half, they really went to a spy defense. The Chiefs were 0 for 5 on third downs. They put uh, Arden Key as a spy on Patrick Mahomes. They rushed three. And Mahomes loves to escape and yep. you know, and then be of that that threat to run it and throw it on the run. And really, they, they shut that part down in the second half. And that's why they, they limited to them to just one long drive there in the fourth quarter. That's all they got. Yep. And, and then the beauty, and I'm sure the, the part that John Gruden loved best, was they got the ball back with four minutes and change, and Patrick Mahomes never yes. got the ball back. Yes. And every team practices it. They Zoom call it now. Yeah. Um, but they executed it. And so that's a great that's a great feeling in the locker room. And, you know, I'll just finish with this on that game, Jason. There, there are wins in this league, and you can get a win um, here and there. But when you beat Kansas City and Kansas City, you point to that win the rest of the season. Like, we can do sure. that. There's nobody – there's just certain wins that elevate an entire organization. And that's one of those wins for the for the Raiders. Yeah, no no doubt. I'm fascinated to see if, if this really becomes a launching off point for them. Uh, your defense gains a, a hell of a lot of confidence when you shut them down in the second half like that. One of the more lopsided results from Week 5, Baldy. The Fish 43, the 49ers 17. Miami goes out to the West Coast and just drops a hammer from the first possession of the game to the last. Kyle Shanahan funneling through his quarterbacks. He goes to yeah. C.J. Beathard in the second half. Uh, ha- ha- scale of 1 to 10, your level of concern about last year's uh, Super Bowl losing team. Well, it's it's a major concern because you could point to, you know, Richard Sherman and Nick Boza and, and yep. all these guys that aren't out there. And they had a, you know, a guy that doesn't belong in the NFL playing right corner and they just abused him. Um, and then they benched him at halftime. I don't know why it took so long, but you can point to all that. But, the, you know, the one thing that has been healthy is the offensive line, and they haven't played well. Uh, Trent Williams did not play well. The communication was not good up front. Um, the Miami Dolphins, you know, Brian Flores, uh, quasi-patriot way, yeah. really affected uh, both Jimmy Garoppolo and the offensive line a tremendous amount. And they got it, they got it handed to them. And there's a big concern. They play the Rams this week. We'll probably touch on that. But there's no part of the of the team that plays well. And that team last year and their run that they had was fueled by the defensive line. And when you lose a shark like Nick Boza and Solomon Thomas and Sheldon Day, and you lose basically four, four big-time players plus your best And you trade Buckner. Yeah, and, and Buckner. So you lose a starting defensive line. Um, they're just not the same up front. They can't impact the game the way they did week in and week out last year. And then if you take, you know, their starting corners out on the back end, you've got major problems right now. Yes, you do. And and the last game that we'll highlight from week five, and, and both these teams uh, certainly have their share of problems on defense, but they conspired uh, to play one hell of an entertaining football game that ended with Russ cooking downfield in a two-minute drill uh, for the final score to end the game, Seattle 27, Minnesota 26. Uh, I don't know about you, Baldy, but 
when that scenario went down like it did and Russell's got the ball at home needing a touchdown to win, even with some of the fourth down plays, you just kind of think he's going to find a way to get it done. At least I do, no matter what. Here's the most amazing thing to me, Jason, about the 94-yard uh, drive in a minute and 42. Just think about that. They went 13 plays yeah. in a minute and 42 seconds. And if I'm any team in the league, I'm taking the clip of that drive and I'm putting it up for my entire team. This is what's – you can go 94 yards. Now, they converted a fourth and 10. They converted a fourth and six to win it. All that stuff is true. And they got DK Metcalf, who's a freak. But yeah, yeah. to run 13 plays in a minute and 42 seconds, I mean, the only play that was really stopped inbounds was Russell Wilson's first run for 15 yards – and he slid. Every, everything else was either an incomplete or the receiver after the catch got out of bounds. And the clock just was never allowed to really run. And so they still had time left on fourth and six where the, the clock was never the enemy. And that's a credit to Russell Wilson and just how, how in charge he is. Yes. He's just in charge. Moment is and never too big like for him, Bobby. Looking corners out there and they went after Cam Dantzler. And all that is true. But 13 plays in a minute and 42, I, I honestly didn't know that was possible. No, and I actually uh, misspoke, Baldy, because technically I guess this game was still part of week five, but in the era of COVID, right. I, I get easily confused. <laughs> it's Tuesday kidding. night football. Yeah. I, I have to say, I, people ask me, what do you think? What do you think is going to happen? I, I said, you know what? I don't. This to me is almost like a sociological experiment. It's almost like Petri dish football. I don't know how the Titans have prepared. I don't know how two and a half practices in 16, 17 days and each day coming to the facility, not knowing if you're going to be let in or not. I don't know what that looks like having to play a football game against a really good Buffalo Bills team on a Tuesday. Yeah. Um, I, I just kind of was like, I'm just going to look at it like, you know, almost like some sport I'd never seen before that somebody's going to, you know, let me just sit and watch and, and, and see what I can take from it. Uh, but man, oh man, uh, the, the Titans were clearly up for the fight. They were out to punch you in the mouth on both sides of the ball all night long. Uh, and they did that. I, I just have to say hats off to Mike Vrabel and, yep. and that staff for having that team that prepared under those bizarre circumstances. And he, he, we really have to look at Ryan Tannehill right now. Yes. Because, you know, since he took over week seven last year and his first start against the Chargers at home, he's 14 and four, Jason. He's 14 and four as a starter, including two playoff wins and the big one in Baltimore. So he's 14 and four as a starter. And, you know, last night he was without Corey Davis, without Adam Humphrey. So he's thrown to Nick Westbrook. Yeah. He's thrown to Khalif Raymond. Um, AJ Brown is just a stud uh, to Janu Smith. And his throws, you would have thought that they had, you know, 16 know. great practices. Yeah. I, you, I mean, because they were, he was 21 to 28. He ran for touchdowns. You know, he, his decision-making is flawless. And his throws and accuracy, I don't care if it's third and six and you need seven, or if it's third and 20 and you get 20 to Khalif Raymond. The ball is right where it needs to be. He throws a pretty pass, but he really knows what he's looking at. And he's just sharp. I mean, you got to – when we tar start talking about, look, the Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers, I mean, they're in a different class. Um, but Ryan Tannehill is right there and has been over these last 18 games. 
Yeah, no, they made they made the right decision re-upping with him and and in that building after three or four weeks, they already knew uh we're gonna have to put the tag on this guy. Like this is this is for real. He's an absolute beast uh against the blitz. He's an absolute beast in play action. Well, he does all that stuff that you need right now. I mean, what Mahomes and Russell Wilson and, and, and Lamar, I mean, these guys that know how to extend the play, keep their eyes up, you know, no, but they're not um but the, but it, but it's not ever nervous or happy feet. No. It's just really firm, great decisions when he breaks the pocket. Even the last touchdown to really, I mean, really cement the win last night to Janu Smith. I mean, really, Micah Hyde had no idea what to do out there on the edge. You know, do I go out to Tannehill? Do I stay back? And he just puts you in no man's land, and you, know, you just play point guard. And he's so comfortable with that offense. And to credit to Arthur Smith, who a lot of people didn't know, Yes, You know, when Mike Vrabel elevated him to the offensive coordinator, and while Derrick Henry didn't run for a lot of yards, they certainly used his ability to really um, play action. He did run for two touchdowns. I'm not going to diminish any of that. But, you know, when Derrick Henry runs for 57 yards, you think, well, Buffalo, and they did. They sold out to stop him, and Tannehill made them pay. So it's really a great job by Mike Vrabel. 4-0, you know, after four games and getting through the COVID period, um, playing without a bunch of, you know, weapons and offense. I thought it was really, you know, really something to pat yourself on the back about. Well, Baldy, we are going to spin it forward to week, week six now, I, I promise. Uh, you mentioned Matt Rule uh, up at the top of the show and the job he's doing in relation to these these ongoing and soon-to-be head coaching searches. Uh, look, Carolina's won three in a row without their best player. Uh, they 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 seem to believe in everything that's being told to them in that building from you know Monday to Saturday. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater is playing winning football. Uh, they have a commitment to the run even without McCaffrey, and the defense seems to show a little more each week. I know there's some people out there who are still naysayers, but Baldy they got a head to head win over Arizona in their back pocket already. That could be a massive mm-hmm. playoff tiebreaker three months from now. This week, they play the Bears. They managed to win this one, which I don't think is out of the question whatsoever, in Charlotte. They then would now have the same record as the Chicago Bears, and they'd have a head-to-head tiebreaker over them as well for a potential wild card. And that's not to say that the Carolina Panthers aren't in play in that division because I still think the Saints and the Bucks are very much a work in progress. How excited are you to see this one? I love watching him play. His two coordinators – uh, Jason, or Phil Snow, who's been with them every step of the way, uh, Temple, Baylor here. Uh, they play the most disciplined cover three of any team in the league. And the advantage of coming from the college game, Jason, is that they play this Big 12 defense a great deal of the time, which is a simple three-man rush, and they basically play this, this eight-man zone behind it, a double cloud. I mean, I don't have to get too technical with yeah. it, but I mean, they, they met Ryan, had no idea how to really figure it out. And they make the quarterback hold it. And the longer the quarterback holds it, uh, the more bad things they do with it. Uh, that's part of it. And then, look, you lose Christian McCaffrey, you think, okay, irreplaceable. You watch Mike Davis play football. I know. I mean, he's a, first of all, any back in this league, you got to win your contact battles. When he lowers his shoulder and drops it on you, yeah. like he wins those battles. Like he's good. Okay. And then, the way that, you know, just Joe Brady, I don't know if Matt's going to be able to keep him. 
you know, this yeah. guy, this guy's offensive mind, the when you really study it carefully, Jason, and how they've made Robbie Anderson a number one, how they use Curtis Samuel as a hybrid running back receiver, how they use DJ Moore, how they use tight ends that are just, you know, Ian Thomas. And what yeah. they, I mean, they use their roster the way you're supposed to use a roster. How do we best put these people in positions to win and make life good for Teddy Bridgewater, where he's not sacked, he's not turning it over, um, he's not in these compromising positions, they're not playing behind the chains. I mean, it's just great coaching is what's taking place there. And they're actually fun to watch. I mean, if you don't know yes. who some of these guys are, when you watch them, you get to know who they are. Yeah, I still find myself a disbeliever in the Bears, and maybe that's me sticking to what I thought of them coming into the year and not being malleable enough. That may say more about me than them. But for me, this is a litmus test for them because I don't love their offensive line whatsoever. They don't really run the ball, uh, and Nick Foles does not look good to me. So I, if they manage to find a way to win this one too, then you know I, I guess they're just going to win a lot of football games, although that doesn't look like a team to me that's built to do any kind of postseason damage whatsoever. The Pittsburgh Steelers, however, Baldy, certainly think they're poised to do some damage. That they, they yeah. I think, would tell you we haven't played our best football yet. We got things we need to work on on both sides of the ball, but they're 5-0. and they, they held off the Eagles last week. They get a Cleveland team that hasn't lost since meeting Baltimore in week one, and Cleveland's evolved a ton since then. Uh, I, I think this is a ball game. I think Cleveland's going to use that keep it simple, stupid philosophy on offense with a little razzle-dazzle, a hell of a lot of the run game, and Baker Mayfield throwing 20 to 25 times as a game mm -hmm. manager. Uh, Pittsburgh's defense, I thought I'd be hearing Bud Dupree uh, and T.J. Watt's name called all afternoon against that Eagles offensive line. Didn't really happen. Uh, what are your thoughts on this one, Baldy? I love this game. I love it. I mean, you know, it, like the, the emergence of Chase Claypool. I mean, in the history, hundred year history of this league, Jason. Yes. I mean, yes. he's the only player in his first start to score four touchdowns. And you go, okay, well, it's you know, it's um, I don't know, it, is it a fluke? Is it uh, an outlier? They were calling plays for him. I mean, in his first start, they were calling plays as if he's. Antonio Brown, yeah. you know, you, you create a diamond formation, you, 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 you motion him out of the backfield, put him in the diamond, three receivers out there, let Ben throw a, you know, throw from shortstop to first base and have, pick up three blocks and walk in the end zone. They hand it off to him. He runs in the end zone. They, they recognize the coverage Tampa two against the Eagles. They put him in the slot. You know, he beats the linebacker for the thing. Touchdown. How about the linebacker? Yeah. I mean, he gets lined up on a linebacker. I saw that one. I mean, it, yeah. So, geez, I mean, they, you know, they Pittsburgh just <laughs> they find these guys. They always have. They find these receivers, and then Ben. Once he gets a guy that he believes in that can win, I mean, Ben has no problem just feeding him. Yeah. And you can bet that Ben will be looking for Chase Claypool this week against. You know, look. I mean, you got to handle Miles. You got to handle a really good front. Sheldon Richardson yes. playing his best football for Cleveland. Miles Garrett's the best defensive end in football. Uh, they, you know, Olivier Vernon is healthy this year and he's a good player. They've got a great front and they're playing much better as a group defensively. It's going to be a good game. Now, you know, even without Nick Chubb, who, who, who might be as good as anybody in this league, Kareem Hunt to Ernest Johnson, yeah. they're going to run the football. Yes, sir. They're going to run it and their offense line is very good. 
And so it's a great matchup. Pittsburgh's defensive front, they do lead the league in sacks with 20. It's a great test for Jedrick Wells to go against Bud Dupree. It's a good test for Jack Conklin to go up against TJ. Cam Hayward just, I don't know, he's 32 years old. He just keeps getting better. Yeah. I mean, it's a good, it's a great, it's a great game. But it starts right there in the trenches, right, right now. And and really it's going to come down to what quarterback, you know, probably turns the ball over most. Well, speaking of great quarterbacks, we can go from Ben Roethlisberger to a couple of other older guys who will meet up 425 in Tampa. Aaron Rodgers coming off a bye, uh, playing amazing football through uh, the the first quarter of the season against Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Bucks. Uh, another sort of one of those weeks where you know you look at the Bucks and it's kind of fits and starts, Baldy. It, it, it looks like to me, you know, they even when they've been really good, they they've been good for a half, like the second half against the Chargers. You know, or the first half against the Panthers. But I, I still don't quite know exactly what to make of them. They're clearly a good football team. I don't know that they're great. Well, I mean, they lost probably their most valuable defensive player in Vita Vea. I mean, he, you know, he's what yes. Haloti Nada was to the Ravens during Super Bowl runs. I mean, he's just a difference maker inside. You're not going to be able to replace him. With them, they were one of the best run defenses in football. Without him, we have to see. Offensively, they play without O.J. Howard, without Chris Godwin, without Justin Watson. Uh, you know, I mean, I'd, I'd like to see him a little bit healthier for Brady to really have more than just Mike Evans right now to go to uh, or Cam Brady. I mean, I'm not, you know, yeah. because Gronk doesn't really. I mean, he had, he had catches the other day, but he doesn't look like no. he's going to be a big difference for the no. season. So I don't want to, you know, I don't want to ever shortchange a guy like that. But the 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 consistency of greatness, you're just not going to see it week in, week out. So I'd like to see that. Uh, this Green Bay team is fascinating to me, Jason. They, I, I mean, I went back and I'm doing this thing for the NFL Network uh, tomorrow on them. Week one, Devontae Adams was off the charts, catches 14 balls, two touchdowns against the Vikings. Week two, Aaron Jones goes off and has this historical day with, you know, three touchdowns, 22 touches over, you know, 240 yards. Then against the Saints, there's no Devontae Adams, but Alan Lazard goes off. Okay. And then against the Falcons, there's no Lazard. There's no Devontae Adams. Right. And then this Robert Tanyan goes crazy with three touchdowns. And the whole key is Aaron Rodgers. And what he sees right now, I swear you could put him in a James Bond tuxedo and he'd play just the same because he is so in tune with what you're doing defensively that you can't be right. And then the, the the beauty of the offense is, is that guys, because of the way it's designed and the options that they're giving him, he doesn't have to hold the ball a long time anymore. He, he's getting rid of the ball on timing for the first time in probably four or five years. And that's a credit to the coaching staff. And Aaron Rodgers looks happy. And I didn't know we were ever going to see another happy Aaron Rodgers. I mean, I know. He, you know, I mean, I, I know five, you know, four and oh can do that to you, but to win without Devonte, without Lazard, um, they've got four different running backs that they throw out there right now, uh, including Tyler Irvin. I mean, it's, it's really fascinating to watch this offense play and how they are going to find your weakness. And they're just going to pick at that scab. 
Yeah, they they they're playing great football. And and when Aaron Rodgers is doing these kind of things and turning everybody into a hero in the downfield passing game, Baldy, it plays right into Mike Pettin's hands, right? And he's able to let those guys pin their ear back, go attack the quarterback, be aggressive, hunt those turnovers. And where I think they're vulnerable against the run, especially if you stick to it with volume, game flow pretty much negates that. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, look, Aaron Jones is, uh, you know, he's, he's truly just a great, great player, great kid. But, I mean, in the passing game, you better find somebody that can stay with him because he runs routes like a receiver. In the run game, man, he needs, like the old Gale Sayers, you know, line, he needs 18 inches of daylight, and he's through it. So they're fun. I mean, and they're a big tight end-based offense. You know, Mercedes Lewis, Robert Tanyan, um, you know, Sternberger. I mean, they love their tight ends to help protect the edges in the run game. And now we found out that a guy like Tanyan, you know, can be a real factor in a passing game. So they they have a lot of packages uh, offensively that really put pressure on you. But, yes, you know, Zadarius Smith, Preston Smith, uh, those guys right now, uh, you know, when they can pin their ears back, I don't know that there's a better pass rusher than Zadarius Smith. I mean, I'm not shortchanging any of the big names out there. But Zadarius Smith belongs in, in the company of the great pass rushers in this league right now. Without a doubt, that should be a, a heck of a game, and we'll see how much the Smith brothers impact uh, Tom Brady. I think we'll see Brady throwing some scuds into the ground, uh, self-sacking and living to fight another day. He's pretty smart about that. Baldy, you're pretty smart about all things football. This has been a blast, as always. You can check us out at this same spot next Wednesday when we'll do it all over again on Baldy's Breakdowns. Again, find Baldy all week long on Twitter at Baldy NFL. You can find me there as well, at Jason Lock and Fora. And please, when you download the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get them, rate and review us as well. Give us some feedback. We always love to hear it. Hope everyone enjoys the football this weekend for week six, and we will talk to you again next Wednesday.